This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to check it out. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads podcast, where each season brings you a serialized version of thrilling news stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is season one, Insomnia, book one of the Nightwalker series by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author, J.R. Johansson. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of episode 12, chapter 12 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this episode, we have Parker in the mall where he has just left Mia. He knows he's made some mistakes, and he knows that he needs to fix things. So he heads straight to Finn and Addie's house. Addie doesn't want to let him in, but she does, and Finn agrees to hear him out. Parker is rightly terrified. He has never told anyone about being a watcher, and he needs to use all of the dreams of Finn's that he can remember in order to prove to him that what he's telling him is true. Once Parker finally convinces Finn that he is a watcher and what that means, he explains why he's been following Mia and the fact that her dreams are his main chance at staying alive. Finn vows to help Parker find a better solution, one that doesn't scare Mia, but still keeps Parker alive. And that's it for your recap of chapter 12. Stick around now for chapter 13 of Insomnia. Hope you enjoy. Insomnia, The Nightwalkers. Written by J.R. Johansson. Narrated by Roy Samuelson. 13. This was a terrible idea. I paced in Finn's kitchen, wiping my damp hands on the front of my jeans for what felt like the millionth time. I had only resisted my darker urges for what, 24 hours now? Total fail. Even knowing this was Finn's plan didn't make me feel any better. I needed to stop making decisions based on what I needed and start making them based on what Mia needed. And right now, that was for me to stay as far away from her as possible. I never should have let him talk me into this, no matter how good his intentions. Finn slouched at the kitchen table. It looked like he was sleeping. He hadn't moved a muscle in ages, but his baseball cap was pulled so low on his head it was hard to tell. I jumped when he sat forward. Parker, you need to chill. You're making me sweat, and that's really saying something since you left the door open and it's practically snowing in here. Oh, sorry. I walked over and kicked the bottom of the back door the rest of the way closed with my left foot. When will she be here? I don't know. Her truck has been breaking down lately, so Jeff is dropping her off. Finn leaned back in his chair. You freaking out isn't going to make her get here any faster. With a shrug, I plunked down in the chair beside him, rolling my head back and forth in a vain attempt to relax my tense muscles. I grabbed an orange from the bowl on the table and flexed my fingers around it. I don't know if I want her to get here at all. I'm telling you, this is going to work. 
but he chewed on the end of a pencil as he glanced toward the front door. You don't know that? No, but were any of your ideas this good? I swallowed hard and tapped the orange against the top of the table. My ideas sucked. My ideas had made everything infinitely worse. Possibly unrecoverable. Finn tried to play it off, but he seemed almost as nervous as I felt. His hands were a dead giveaway. We were opposites. When he was happy, he couldn't stay still. At the moment, his arms were crossed over his chest with each hand pinned under the opposite biceps. Keeping them motionless was the only thing he could control. Finn watched me, his expression frozen halfway between laughter and fear. His eyes were glued to my hand. Only when I looked down did I notice that I was still hitting the orange against the table. Hard. Juice oozed out of cracks in the peel, dripping over my fingers and onto the table. I stood, threw the smashed orange into the garbage, and grabbed a napkin to clean up the mess. I had no idea what was going on with my hands these days. They almost had a mind of their own. I sat back down across from Finn. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. No. Really? If you wanted juice, you could have just asked. Finn glanced over at the blob of orange peel on the garbage can and grimaced. You are right, man. Yeah, fine. That wasn't the truth, and we both knew it. This was it. If we couldn't make this work, there wasn't much point in trying anymore. I would leave Mia alone. She deserved that much after everything I'd put her through. It was the only option I would allow myself to consider. But I hoped I could find someone else like her before it was too late. I shook my head. The thought was so absurd it made me want to laugh. There was no one like her, no one who could do what she did. I had managed to alienate and terrify the only girl who could help me. Classic. A car pulled into the driveway, and I jumped up from my chair. The doorbell rang. I heard Addie bound down the stairs in the front room to answer the door. She hadn't said a word to me since I had come to apologize to Finn the night before. But somehow, after I dropped him off, he'd convinced her to invite Mia over today while I was here. I had no idea what kind of dirt he had on Addie to make her do it, but it must have been really good. On top of that, Finn must have begged me half a dozen times today. Don't be a freak. Yeah, because that's an option. If Addie would give me a chance, I'd show her I was still the same guy I used to be. I would not let myself hurt Mia again. I couldn't. My heart pounded in my ears, and I nearly bolted out the back door. It was so strange. My feet were rooted to the spot, but my flight instinct pushed me like a freight train. Casual, remember? Finn whispered, pushing me back down into the chair and grabbing a pack of Uno cards from the kitchen counter. I took them from his hand, needing something, anything else to focus on. I heard Addie open the door as I slid the cards out of the box and onto the kitchen table, hanging on every word, every breath, every creak of the floor. Hey, Addie said, but then her voice hushed and she spoke with quiet concern. What happened now? I froze, my hands hovering in the air, the Uno cards quickly forgotten. I had carefully avoided Mia all day. It couldn't be about me this time. I, I don't know what to do. Mia's voice sounded so small and scared. 
Even though I couldn't have caused it, I was still crushed by a wave of guilt. It might not be me this time, but I was certain I had made her feel this way before. The sound of the door closing echoed in the still house, and I feared Addie had taken Mia outside, until I heard her speak again. After school today, I got an email. Her voice shook with every word. I glanced at Finn and saw a look of confusion on his face that must have mirrored my own. He tilted his head to one side and pointed at me with his eyebrows raised. I shook my head. I didn't even have her email address. From who? Hattie's voice sounded tight. I knew she was probably thinking of me. After my behavior, who else would she assume sent Mia something that upset her so much? I held my breath, silently praying Mia would clear my name. It's pretty obvious, but I can't be sure. He didn't exactly sign it. Mia's voice sounded muffled, like she had her hands over her face. Bitterness and fear dripped from her words. Guilt felt like a weight balanced on the dull side of a blade, and each time she spoke, it plunged deeper into my chest. He said things, terrible things. He wa wants to hurt me. My breath came out in a gush, refusing to let me hold it any longer. I heard a gasp in the other room, and Finn stared at me like I was an idiot. I felt like an idiot. We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with the 30-day trial membership. The audiobook I'd like to recommend this episode is Anna Dressed in Blood by Kendara Blake. This book is so good. It's a couple of years old for those of you who haven't read it before. It's a very, very good horror. It's about Cass Lowood who hunts, tracks, and kills ghosts. He gets sent after a ghost the locals call Anna dressed in blood. Since her death, Anna has killed any and every person who has dared to step into the deserted Victorian she used to call home. Yet she spares Cass's life. So you can see there this great hook mystery that it has, and Kendara Blake does a fantastic job with delivering the atmosphere and the tension and the pacing in this book, so I highly recommend it. So whether you decide to go with my recommendation of Anna Dressed in Blood by Kendara Blake, or go with another audiobook of your choice, you can get all set up by going to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads to get your free audiobook. Hope that was a nice breather for you because we now continue with Insomnia. Mia was off the couch and in the kitchen in a heartbeat. When her searching eyes met mine, I couldn't suppress a shudder. Her skin paled, but she didn't look away. Dark smudges made paths down her cheeks where her tears had fallen. Addie came to stand behind her, shaking her head and glaring back and forth between Finn and me. My mind whirled through what had happened, and I could think of only one thing I could focus on. I had to help her, to prove to her it wasn't me this time. Mia, let me see the email. Her eyes widened and her face contorted with anger before she spoke. You're really messed up, you know that? What's wrong with you? She raised her hand and rubbed the back of her head, and my mind pulsed with the vision of the blossoming blood last night. The twisted satisfaction that filled a dark place within me made my stomach turn. I had seen her eyes, and the darkness within me was content. What had I become? How is your head? I kept my voice as calm as I could. Mia's face contorted with anger and fear. 
I didn't, didn't need stitches, sorry to disappoint. Addie placed a hand on Mia's shoulder, but the moment she touched her, Mia whirled. You knew he was here? The expression of betrayal on Mia's face was heart-wrenching, and Addie flinched. No, I mean, yes, it was a mistake, I'm sorry. Addie glared at me, and I couldn't meet her eyes. Mia? Finn stood, trying to somehow fix this mess. Don't talk to me. You're sick by association, if nothing else. Finn's face fell, and he slouched back down at the table with a sigh. His plan had failed spectacularly. It wasn't me, I said softly. For the first time, Mia appeared to actually be listening. I wanted everyone to stop staring at me like I was a monster. And even more, I wanted to believe that they weren't right. That I wasn't slowly becoming everything they thought I was. I don't want to hurt you. Mia looked like a statue as she watched me. Only her hands moved, and they shook so much, I was surprised it didn't jolt her whole frame. I had the sudden impression that I was watching a time bomb about to go off. I wanted to grab her hands to stop them from shaking, but I knew that would be a huge mistake. Her gaze was too guarded to tell if she believed what I said or not. And if she didn't, grabbing her wouldn't exactly go over well. A bit of frustration filled me. I was trying so hard not to be the bad guy. If someone wanted to hurt or scare Mia, I wanted to help. I needed to help. It was the only way I could prove everyone wrong. I knew it would be stupid to touch her, but I walked into the living room and retrieved her backpack. Using slow, deliberate movements, I walked back into the kitchen and placed it on the table. The others looked more like portraits than real people. Only their eyes seemed alive, following my every move. Please, let me help you. I reached for the zipper, hoping she might have printed a copy of the email to show Addie. Before I could get it even halfway open, Mia snatched it from my hands. Her whole body shook with rage and fear, but she stood her ground and glared up at me. Her eyes locked with mine, and the fury in them looked ready to boil over. When she finally spoke, her gritted teeth twisted her voice into a low growl. Stay away from me. Then she ran out the front door. In the stillness that followed, every muscle in my body retreated in on itself. I surrendered, crumpling into the chair and laying my head on the table. I didn't even move when Addie thwacked me on the back of the head. What is wrong with you? Don't you see what you're doing to her? He isn't doing it, Addie. The sadness in Finn's voice mimicked mine. Addie sighed. I don't want to believe he sent the email either, but he certainly isn't innocent here. I didn't lift my head, but when I heard her turn to leave, I spoke. I need to see the email. I want to help. The sound of Addie's footsteps froze in the doorway, and when I heard her speak again, she sounded on the verge of tears. Parker, I never imagined saying this to you, but please do us all a favor. Stay away from Mia and our family until you get some help. For a few minutes after she left, I couldn't bring myself to move. Every hope, every dream that life could be better had been sucked out of my body. It was over. Why try so hard for a life that couldn't last much longer and would only be filled with exhaustion and pain for everyone I ever cared about? I didn't know which hurt worse. Addie's lost faith in me, or Finn's continued hope. They were two of my favorite people in the world, 
and one of them had to be wrong. If Addie was wrong, did it matter? My life was done anyway. If Finn was wrong, then the best I could hope for was a quick death, the only way I could stop myself from hurting anyone else on my way out. It was so quiet. I would have thought I was completely alone if Finn hadn't shifted his weight in his chair every once in a while. I groaned. How is it possible that even when we were trying to make this better, it still got worse? When I sat up, I was surprised to see that Finn had his sunglasses on. I didn't have the energy to ask why, so I just raised my eyebrows. Yeah, I wear my sunglasses at night. I'm that cool. What are you doing? Finn shrugged. You need to see her dreams tonight. I shook my head and reached for his glasses, but he dodged aside. I won't let you give up, especially not now. Frustration seeped through my veins, and I couldn't keep my voice level anymore. Why not? We tried, and look where it got us. Giving up seems infinitely better right about now. Because you can't give up. Finn shrugged and stood up. At least watch them tonight. Maybe her dreams will give you a clue about who really sent that email. You heard her. She wants me to leave her alone. It's none of my business. My voice sounded cold, even to me. As much as I didn't want to let my bad instincts win, it was hard to argue with the only person who believed me. After everything else you put her through, don't you at least owe it to her to figure out who it came from to make sure this guy isn't a real threat? Finn opened the back door and pushed me out of it. I knew he was manipulating me, but he had a point. I did owe Mia at least that much. Before I could say anything else, he spoke again. Tell me what you find out tomorrow. Addie won't forgive me if we let anything happen to Mia after this. And since you're the prime suspect at this point, you'd probably end up in jail. Which, I hear, sucks. He closed the door, and I barely heard his muffled, Good night, as it locked. Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads podcast, Season 1, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and welcome to the Authorly Insights section on Chapter 13. Okay, so maybe it isn't as easy to solve this problem as Finn thought. If the damage that Parker has already done to his situation isn't enough here, we also have the added element of the threatening email that Mia received. Of course she would believe it's from Parker. No one else has been nearly as scary to her as he has, no matter his intentions. Whoever sent it, though, it is only going to make things harder and more complicated for Parker going forward. Even if he walks away now, completely leaves her alone. If this person keeps emailing her, she's still going to be holding him responsible. He's truly gotten himself into an impossible situation, and although Parker might not realize how stuck he is at first, Finn does, and he immediately decides that they have to at least try to make the most of it by having Parker in Mia's dreams. Finn is not used to people not liking him. But if he's going to be in this situation with Parker, he's going to make the most of it, and that's exactly the kind of ally that Parker needs right now. Plus, Finn is stubborn, and who doesn't benefit from a stubborn friend with their best interests at heart every once in a while? 
As a writer for me, this chapter is where we start to really see the tensions pivot and escalate. Parker is finally making some steps in the right direction, but is it too late? And there is the introduction of this new email. We're worried about Mia's safety. We're worried about whether Parker's going to be able to survive if he's not in Mia's dreams. There's just a lot of different changes that have happened right in this chapter, right before it, and the whole world looks a little different now. As a writer of thrillers, tension and pacing is kind of my home. I feel comfortable there. And from this kind of turning point forward, it just tends to roll and escalate uh, throughout the story. So this is a really fun part for me. If you really think about it, up until this point, the root of most of the tension and conflict in this story has been Parker himself. And in this scene, we see that shift. There is a new source of conflict and tension that Parker doesn't have control over. And the less control the character has, the more chaos there is, and that just creates a new source of conflict and tension. And that's it for the Authorly Insight section on Chapter 13. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads. Please check out the details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.